this is Rob Coburn, and we are excited that you're joining with us today. If you're a part of the Summit Dover family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at the Summit Dover on all social media outlets and on our website, thesummitdover.com. We can get you plugged into our app or our YouTube channel, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with the Summit Dover family all around the world. I hope this word today encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Well, this morning I have the amazing opportunity to bring the word with Kyle, but he's going to go first. Um, But I just want to share really quickly. um, I have had the privilege of working alongside and under Kyle for almost five years on worship teams, whether it was the youth worship team or on the stage. I mean, he has poured into me and poured into me. I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for him believing in me and looking at that little 14-year-old girl who was terrified to stand on a stage that literally wasn't even a stage. (laughs) But for him to tell me week after week um, that he believed in me and that he saw big things for my life, that's the only reason I do what I do today is because he believed in me. So we have the privilege to hear from him. Um, And so give it up for Kyle. Thank you, Caitlin. It's a real sweet spirit in here right now. I'm kind of overwhelmed. So I don't get the opportunity to speak very often. So this is kind of weird for me. I wish I could just wear my guitar and then just kind of walk around. I'd be a lot more comfortable, but I'll sit in front of this table. So Pastor Rob asked me, what was a few weeks ago, wasn't it, us to speak on worship, to talk about worship and, and to give our take on what it means us and I have a few points that I want to go because I'm kind of a practical person when I speak because I like to have a few points so that way you can you can leave kind of taking away something so I do have those points but I want to share a couple stories some experience and um, I'm excited to have the opportunity to speak to you this morning so can we pray before we begin just because I need it and and (laughs) father we just thank you God for this opportunity to be together as a family Lord we thank you that you speak to us through family through the words, so let us have ears to hear, Lord. I'm an imperfect speaker, so Lord, let the words that are coming out of my mouth be heard and understood and taken and transform the lives who hear. Father, we thank you, God, so much for this place and this house. We know there's transformation here. We've experienced it, and we know that there's always more, and we want to learn more about you this morning, so thank you for this opportunity to learn about you and to spend some more quality time with you. In Jesus' name, amen. So what is worship? I I think worship is an outward expression of relationship. So it means that it requires attention. It requires time and it it requires investment. And worship is more than just music, in which I'll share that a little bit later of how I thought worship was and what it actually is. The world demands your attention. There's a lot of distractions, as we all know. There's the media and there's there's so many things and so many circumstances around us that tend to uh, kind of draw our eye away from what we should be focusing on. Work, some things are good. Work, work is good, we gotta get paid. We have to make money. Family is awesome, but sometimes that's distracting. 
Uh, money, obviously, is a distraction, but kind of need it to, to survive. Some of those things are just some distractions and circumstances that we tend to put ahead of worship and, and our focus. So how do we worship? Is it only singing? Is it's time and it's energy? So I, I came up with a few other things. Prayer, praise, testimony, hearing the word, reading the word, and communion. So prayer, let's start to talk about that one. That's just talking. That's, that's me. I, I just talk. I just have a conversation with the Lord. That's prayer to me. Some, some do it a lot of different ways. Some are quiet, some are loud, some are silent. But prayer is just a conversation. It's a talking to God. It's getting that out there, getting words out there, even if it's in your head. Praise is what we did this morning, my goodness. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one. Like, we sing those words. Even if you can't carry a tune, we can say those words. And they mean so much. And they, they carry so much weight when we praise. Testimony. We've heard so many testimonies of our, our friends and family here. They come on stage and they, they show how God's been working through life. That's worship. That's showing how God is working in your life. That's changing people's perspective on what they think God is. Because they can see it in your life. Hearing the word. Even if you're not reading it, hear it. Listen to it. That's, a, that's worship. And also, obviously, reading the word. And communion, which we had this morning with Pastor Sean, came with the worship team, and that was a marvelous time. That was so sweet. Just a focused period of time where we can just really realize what Christ did for us and focus on his body and the blood that was shed. Thank you for taking that time. Communion is worship. So my points today, I have three. And what worship means to me, it's refocus, reflect, and renew. Those three words. So that's what I'm going to be focusing on. Refocus, reflect. And now that's not reflect like think, but reflect as a reflection, like a mirror. And then renewing of the mind. That's the process that I will go through when I worship. So if I'm in the car and I'm stressed or I'm focusing on other things, I take the moment and say, okay, let's refocus. Then when you're refocusing, you're able to reflect what your true image is. And then that's what brings transformation and renewing of your mind. So you don't continue down that destructive mindset that I'm in. So I can be stressed and then I get home and I take it out on the kids and then everything's, then I bring the whole atmosphere. So, but if I can take that time to refocus, to reflect and to renew, that's where the, the, that's where transformation happens. The atmosphere completely changes and you're able to make an impact, uh, a positive impact. So I will back that up with some scripture because I was told I had to do that. Can't just be my, uh, my word for it. So Colossians 3, 1 through 4. I'm just going to read it. If then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, reflection, 
you will also appear with him in glory. So that's my, that's my refocus point. Turn away from the things of the world. Turn your eyes on him. The second point, and this story is my favorite in the Bible, and that's when Peter walks on the water. I, I, I heard a message once, and it stuck with me forever. I just want to read it real quick, and then I'll, then I'll elaborate. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he, Jesus said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And then he said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. So that story... It's interesting. It's about the circumstances of refocusing. So what does wind really have an effect on your ability to walk on water? Does wind have an effect of your ability to walk on water? Can you walk on water without wind? Can you walk on water with wind? Wind has no, no effect on your ability to walk on water. The only effect of your ability is by focusing on Jesus. That was it. Why then was Peter worried about the wind? Did he think that, oh my, it's windy, now I can't walk on water? He couldn't walk on water to begin with. I mean, I've tried and I've failed many times. I thought it would have been the coolest thing to be able to do that, just to walk on water. I did swimming pools and I tried and it just never worked out. But how is he thinking that, boy, this storm's going to make me fail. And, but boy, isn't Jesus great that he's right there all the time, even when we doubt. So it wasn't a faith problem with Peter, because obviously he got out of the boat, which I'm not a boat fan, to be quite honest with you. Um, you can ask my wife. I don't really like boats. But he got out of the boat thinking that he's going to be able to walk across the water at some point, right? So just that little faith. So it wasn't the faith, it was a doubt problem. And it was a focus issue. And when we refocus, when we keep our eyes on him, that's when we can do the impossible, which leads me to my story. So we were, uh, when I was in Canada, I got to travel a lot and I got to go on a ministry tour across Canada. Uh, we drove, it was about five of us, we drove in a 15 passenger van and towed a U-Haul, um, you know, covered trailer with full of gear and equipment. So if you can imagine a bunch of college age kids you know, driving across country with no experience on driving and towing that type of stuff. It was really interesting. Uh, this leg of the trip happened to be going to St. John's, Newfoundland, which is literally the eastest, eastest, farthest eastest. You, got, you get the point. Of where you could go in North America. So, and to get there, you have to get on a, on a ferry which again, I'm not a fan 
of boats very much. So I'm stressed about that, getting on the ferry, go across, and, and I have a lot in my mind because then, of course, I remember that oh, the, the Titanic sank around here. So now I'm thinking about that in my head, so I'm stressed about that. So I have a lot in my mind with this trip and everything. It's a seven-hour ferry ride, so it's overnight, so you're sleeping in these, in these uh, bunks, rows and rows and rows of bunks with a tiny little curtain in between you and next to about a foot. And you just enough to get up in there. So you, it's, it's really interesting. You should try it. <laughs> I got there, and then we, were, we did the thing. It was great ministry time. It was awesome. And Newfoundland, if you think, in the middle of it is a bunch of just beautiful wilderness. Not a lot of stuff around in the middle there. It's kind of outward. Water cities, you know. They like to fish. And we got there, we, we were leaving, and now our next event was the, the day after. So we had to get, I had to travel about four hours to get to the ferry, and then another seven hours to get to the next, the port, and then I had to get over to Halifax, which was our next, our next uh, um, event. I had a lot on my mind again, because now I gotta get back on that ferry, I gotta go, I gotta go over the Titanic, and then I have to get over to, and then make it in one piece. So a lot of my mind and I had to get there because then I'm focusing on all the things that I had to do to get there and stressing about it. So me and, uh, it was just one other guy because then the others got to fly, which I don't understand. I had to drive and they had to fly, but that's fine. But he and I just, we took off and we're going, we got to get there. We got to get the ferry because if we miss this ferry, we're going to miss the event and we have everything with us. So if we miss the event, I'm going to hear about it. And it won't be good. Peter Youngren was a very uh, intense man. Very, very, very strong. And uh, if it would have been bad if I would have missed that event. So that's on my mind, you know. And so we're got. So we're about in the middle of Newfoundland. And where nothing is. It's about two hours into the trip. And I, I see a, uh, a light on the dashboard. And the dinging. And then the fuel tank area. I know. And if you can put two and two together, I noticed we were running out of gas. And because we forgot to fill up before we left. Because all my mind was, I got to get to that. And Brad, too, who was with me, was like, let's go. We got to get going because we're going to get to the ferry. So we were out of gas. We were run- and then our only hope, we were in the middle of nowhere. We had no idea. And again, this is before Siri was born. So we didn't, Siri wasn't there to ask and to help us. Where's the closest gas station? Um, we had an old Garmin, I think, that had maps from 1998. And so we had barely to get there. So at least we knew where that port was anyway. But... So we were lost. We were at a loss of what we were going to do. And all I could just, just the weight of everything just came on me. And I just got stressed out. My anxiety kicked in. And Brad, we didn't know what to do. So we're just driving. I was like, well, we got to go. We just got to keep going. All our only hope is that a semi-truck will pass by. And then we haven't seen anybody. And this is in the evening. Because it's an evening ferry. And it leaves, it leaves at 11 p.m. So it's in the evening. So nobody's out. So it's late. So our only hope. Well, we got to a, a point where we're just like, We've got to get to a gas station. So we saw an exit, and I think it might have been 30-something miles. We saw just some lights. I was like, there's got to be something. And this is like 8 or 9 o'clock p.m. I was like, and, and so we, we just said, Brown and I, we've got to take the face, we've got to take the leap, and took the exit. Well, we happened to get there, and now all of that pain. So then we just shifted our, our mindset. We refocused ourselves, 
and our, I mean, we have no idea. We just started praying in the spirit. We just started, we just started worshiping God because we're like, I can't continue this because I'm not even, my body is physically shutting down because I'm stressed out so much. So we both, should, I mean, it was kind of funny. Cause, oh, I mean, we're just, we are just preaching to ourselves in that van saying that gas is going to be a Holy Spirit gas and that's going to get us all the way to where we need to go. And hallelujah. And we're going to make sure we get there and everything's, I mean, we're the God, you're the greatest. We know that you want us to be there for that event. You're going to get us there to that event. So we just started praising God and just giving glory to his name. Well, wouldn't you know, we got up to gas station where they were closing and because I was like, well, a gas station closes in Canada. I don't know what they, they close. A lot of stuff closes on time. They just want to go home to their families. But they, it was shutting down, but then they said, I, I said, I need to get gas. I have to get to the ferry. The person, she's like, well, we'll fill you up. There's no chance you're getting to the ferry because they know it's another two-hour and plus drive to get there, and there's no chance you're going to make it. I was like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I, let's get this in here. I'll pay cash. Let's go. So we filled up the tank, and I and we barreled on out of there. And I and I know I know that the time didn't line up because it's like there's no chance we're gonna make it. And I don't know how. And I couldn't speed, uh, even though I wanted to, because it was like I mean, 75 is about as fast as I could push that van and the trailer, and then not to hit a moose, because we were we were, we were two. Because they, they, they said they'd come out there, and I never saw one. But I guess that's a good thing. But then we're going, we're going, we're barreling down, and I don't know what happened, but there was a slight delay in the ferry taking off. And there was no line because last time it was a huge line. We had to wait to get in. There was no line, nothing. And then the, the tail of the ferry was still down. I said, well, that's a good thing. So we got in a ticket and the guy was there. He's like, go, go, get on there. And there was only the space on that ferry. I kid you not. There was only the space for our van and that, and that, that trailer until that thing shut. There was no room left on that ferry other than for the van and our trailer. And hallelujah, God got us there. <laughs> Hey man, I mean that was just that's just a quick. It's a funny story. It's a it's um it's one that stuck with me. But it really it really sets with me because it, it was impossible. Like everything was saying you can't do this, nothing. And then you're stressed. And then but once you refocused, once you got you got your mindset on what's right, God's going to get you there. He's going to get you there one way or another. He's going to get you there. So that was that was my that was my Canada story. I go to that when I refer to it once in a while. So now, now that we're refocused, finally, now we're going to reflect. Let me go to my number tabs. See, I got little, little tabs there. One, two, three, all in order. Okay. So now, Second Corinthians three, sixteen through eighteen. This is about reflection. Nevertheless, when one turns. To the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It's a good song about that. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror of the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So great, we're, fo- we're refocused. We are refocused. And then now we become the reflection of God. Because then we're finally allowing our image of who we really truly are out. 
This is worship, not just singing, not just prayer, all of it. We are able to reflect the true image of who we are. And at that point, once we're able to reflect that, is where transformation takes place. And then when the renewing of your mind starts happening. And that's what's happened to me during a worship experience. And, and it's time and time again. It's, it's a constant, it's a relationship. I mean, you have to spend time, you have to spend energy in it, and you have to take those opportunities to get to know the Lord more so that he can reveal more about yourself and who you are. And so when you're refocused, and then when you start reflecting, you are beginning to renew that mindset. So let me go to Ephesians 4, which is pretty familiar, but Ephesians 4, 21 through 24. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your formal conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, the world, it grows corrupt. If you're focused on the world and all that they can offer you, it grows corrupt. That's what they're saying. And be renewed by the Spirit, I'm sorry, that you put off in concerning your formal conduct that the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. And then you can just breathe. Then you can just take that, all of that stress, all that anxiety just falls off of you. You're a new creation. You have all of what God has and authority and power in you. And while you worship, you are reflecting that to the world. So then you become an influencer. So worship is not just, yes, we give, we give glory to the God. We give him all of the honor and the praise. That's worshiping God. Worship is a lifestyle it is a commitment and a relationship. And it does take time, and it's the best time that you will ever spend renewing that mind. So again, refocused. I got refocused. I got to get refocused. I'm too focused on what's going on right now, and I'm too stressed that, that the job is too much right now, and I can't take the pressure. I got to refocus it. And then that changes how I react in the job because then I start reflecting what I should be reflecting instead of, you know, showing how stressed I am at the job, which many people do in different ways. But, and then my renewing is that I start to do things differently as a person and I start to do things differently as a coworker and as a father and as a son. I start to do different things when I get renewed in my mind. So the Spirit is a powerful, the Holy Spirit is a powerful tool to utilize worship through. Is that, I don't know if that makes sense. I'm going to say it again. The Holy Spirit is within you, and that tool is there to help you through that process. So those are the three points, right? So what is it? Refocused, reflect, renew. And that's what I'd love you guys to go away with. And that's what's, what's on my heart. And that's what's changed in me when I, have, when I really do take that time. Because I know when I don't. I know when I don't take that time. 
I know how I feel when I don't take that time. I know how my wife feels when I don't take that time. My kids and my job and my coworkers, they know how I feel when I don't take that time, even if they don't really know. But they also know when I do. They also know there's something different about you today, Kyle. You're not near as stressed as you were. That's, that's, that's what's the renewing. It's, it's powerful. I'm going to, oh, I did it. I did it just right on 20 minutes. How about that? That was good. Didn't even time myself. Worship leading experience. I don't know who all, uh, there's several of you who have been here since when I was a 16-year-old, immature, uh, or maturing. Let's say maturing. Young man. Um, where I started leading worship here. And that is what became worship to me. It became this. It became my guitar. It became me singing. It became something that that's the only way that I can worship. You get, you get kind of caught up in it. Um, and as I, that's where I was. And then I started to resent that slightly because then I became like, I'm not getting it. I'm not getting what I should be getting out of this, you know, like what I should be getting something out of this, right? You know, cause that's what you want to, you want something out of what you're investing in. And then I realized I had a time, I mean, you know, life just happens and you learn as you grow and as you get renewed. And I realized there's much, much more, much, much more than me just playing guitar and singing a few tunes. The songs are powerful. They have a great effect on how you can receive the word. Singing it, uh, music opens up so much. It is a great tool to worship, powerful, but it is not the only way to worship. And, and I just want to get that. That was huge for me and as a, as a young man. And to have the church as a support is huge. Even when I was a young person, Caitlin can relate as I have Caitlin come up because this is a perfect segue. I saw Caitlin, and I can't be more. See, this is where I'm going to get the teary stuff, and then I'm going to leave you with it. No, yeah. <laughs> I I saw so much of myself in Caitlin because of her passion to for music and to lead and to to make a difference, really, in in people's lives. And that's that's really what I wanted to do. I saw so much in Caitlin, and. I wanted, I, I knew that it was time and it was important for me to start pouring into that generation what was poured into me. And that's that continual space. So the church cannot say enough to support Caitlin, to be there for her, to be that stability. Don't assume Caitlin's okay. Don't assume I'm okay. Just because we're up here singing doesn't mean anything. Be there as a support. Help us as a team, because we're growing and we're going through this together as a team. Our team has gone through so much, but we have gotten to a flow that is incredible. And that is just because we finally realized that, you know what, it's not about the playing of the guitar, the singing. It really is about worship, in, worship as a whole and the whole process. And, and what we can do as a team and as a worship team, how we can convey that in the, in the 20 to 40 minutes that we sing, how can we convey that to our, our family? Because we're here, we, you know, we like tunes, we like it, but we want you to know that we really are here to just 
have one tool open the door. Then Pastor Rob comes. That's the other tool. That's hearing the word. This worship the entire time here. So we're just one little part of it. Um, but I just wanted to say, Caitlin, I'm incredibly proud of you and everything that you've done. The time you spent. You are in a place so far for the, where I was as, a, as your age. And it's amazing to see how it is when you pour in and when you're there, how much more of an impact that you're going to have just by being there and by being supported and by having that. So, Caitlin, thank you so much for all you're doing. And I'm going to turn this over to you. Thank you so much. Awesome. That was so good. Such a really cool perspective on what's going through Kyle's mind as he's doing this um, and, and how we can practically worship every day. I am going to try and hold it together because he already started me, but um, I'm going to take a little different approach to what worship looks like. But um, first, I want to start with like the things that you guys don't see that happen. Um, there's a lot to that. And one of the things that we've been doing over the past like seven weeks or so is we have been walking through what we call journeying the river. And so that is a 10 week program that I wrote that our worship team is going through right now. And um, it's 10 weeks of what is worship. What does worship mean to you? How does that look like on a daily basis? Um, and every personal worship team is paired with someone else who they discuss what that looks like to them with. And it's been so cool because um, writing it, I mean, I learned so much just diving into some of the passages that I read a lot and pulling out of it different things that I've never seen before. We talk about what is growth? What does it look like to, to pour out everything that you have at the feet of Jesus? Um, and that's been really cool to come together and to just watch every single person on our team grow into who God is calling them to be. Um, because if, if we're not growing, then we're, we're stuck. Um, and so the vision statement of our worship team, which I've prayed a lot into this, but it's may we be an atmosphere where Jesus is lifted high, where honor is given, and where the kingdom of heaven rules and reigns. That's what we believe as a worship team. That's what we stand behind. We stand behind the idea that we carry the atmosphere wherever we go, whether, whether we're here, whether we're not. This is the atmosphere that I want to carry with me every day into the grocery store, into work, wherever that looks like, that I'm an atmosphere, that I create an atmosphere where Jesus is lifted high, where I honor people, and I allow the kingdom of heaven to go with me and to pour out of me. And so it's been a journey of learning how to do that and, and what that looks like. But as I was praying about today, what I kept coming back to is the idea of intimacy and how worship is birthed out of intimacy with the Lord. And last night I was praying and, and worshiping and spending time with the Lord. And I was brought back to the story of Esther where, um, I know when we were little, I talked about this last time when Pastor Christy and I brought the word, I talked about Esther and we talked about how as a kid, you're like, this was a beauty pageant. It was not. <laughs> and, um, I was thinking about how in the story of Esther, intimacy was a place to perform. Like that was what was expected of you. And you had to win if you wanted that place. And I think sometimes we subconsciously put our mindsets into that idea that 
when I get intimate with God, I have to prove myself to him. I have to, I have to be everything that he wants me to be. I can't be my broken self um, because that's what intimacy looks like, but that's not true. That's not what it is. As I was preparing, the Lord kept bringing me back to a passage that I know a lot of people held on to over the past few years, Psalm 91. And I really didn't know where he wanted me to go with it, but then I, I read it over and over and over and over. And verse one and two, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I will trust. Before it goes into anything else, it says he who dwells in the secret place. And I looked it up and the word dwell means to live as a resident. And the definition of resident is to live in a place for a length of time. And this passage came alive to me because I've had times in my life where I passed through the place with the Most High. I've been there for a little bit, but this says dwells. To live as a resident. To be someone who stays there, who sits there, who gathers things, just to be. And in Psalm 92, it talks about music and it talks about instruments. And I just find it really interesting that before that, it talks about dwelling with him. It talks about intimacy before it talks about music. And there's a difference between praise and worship. And I would define that as, I can praise someone from afar, but I can't be intimate with them if I'm not close to them. And for example, <laughs> you guys all know Sabrina. Um, she's up here singing her little heart out on Sunday morning. She's phenomenal. And you can say, Sabrina, you are an amazing singer. Because we know that, right? We see that from afar. We can all gather that she's really good at singing. But did you know that whenever Sabrina eats, if she has clothes on that's bunched up, she cannot eat? <laughs> I don't know why. It's just her one of her weird little things. And it's so funny because she'll say it like, oh no, my clothes are bunched up. <laughs> and it makes me laugh every single time. But that's something that I would only know because I spend time with her. And so as I was just thinking about that with the Lord, and I can tell you that about Sabrina, but until you're at a meal with her and she says it, you've never experienced it. You're just taking my word for it. And so we have the opportunity to experience things and share them with people, and sharing them with people is really great, but it's different than whenever they're in the presence of the one. I can bring Sabrina to lunch with you, and you can watch her be like, oh no, my clothes are bunched up. <laughs> That's just a, a little example of what's been going through my head as I think about what intimacy looks like. Um, and God calls us to be close. And I believe that we're coming into a season in our culture, in our world, where there's nothing that we can walk through that won't require being intimate and close with the Lord. In John 15, 15. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. 
but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. I don't know about you, but I wanna be a friend. I don't wanna be someone who serves with no intent of heart just because it's the right thing to do. I wanna, I wanna be his friend and I wanna hear his heart. Worship is such a beautiful thing. Um, it's a place to, to draw close to him, um, to sit with him. Worship comes out of a place of, I just wanna be with you. Sometimes whenever we're praising God, we can look around and be thinking about other people, but worship is a place where we're solely focused on the one who created us. For a season I went through not that long ago, um, I was still leading worship here, and I would come in on Sunday mornings and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I haven't felt you all week, I haven't really done much with my relationship with you, but for their sake, move through me. And as I've been thinking about that season, I mean, like, I did that week after week, and you wouldn't know because you showed up and he showed up and it was good, but there was that battle happening inside of me and I just said, I want these people to encounter your presence whether or not it happens to me. And at that moment, I realized that I had this mindset that I had to earn the presence of the Lord. I had encountered this place where if I wasn't good enough, if I didn't spend enough time with him, then he wasn't gonna show up. But his presence is freely given. It doesn't matter what we've done, it doesn't matter how we've been, although there are things that can, we can make the atmosphere more conducive to him. He doesn't withhold his presence because of how he acted. And that was a lie that I had to break off. Someone asked me last week, they said, what's one lie you're believing about the presence? And it hit me that for too long I've believed that I carry it and that if I do something wrong, then it can't happen. And over the past week or so, the Lord has been like breaking that down and breaking that off of me. And it's been really hard, but really significant because I've seen so many moments that I didn't expect in my natural mind that he would show up, but he was there. And he's taken me back to memories where I didn't think that he was there, but he totally was. And so I just wanna say today, if you are convinced that you have to earn the presence of God, it's not true. If you're walking through life saying, I have to be something in order to carry it, or I have to be on the stage, no. That's not what it looks like. The presence of God comes from intimacy being close, drawing in. I don't know if you guys remember, but almost a year ago, it was August, we had a, a conference here um, called Kingdom Inheritance Now. Sorry, I always forget it, I get it wrong. But that's what it was, and um, it was a bunch of different speakers. It wasn't put on by us, but they, they used our building, and so they asked our team to lead worship. And so the first night, I just did a normal set, just threw some songs in there and we, we got to like the third song and it was When I Lock Eyes With You. And as soon as we started the song, I literally couldn't speak. I started crying. I don't cry um, very often. I do not know what's happening today. But um, I did not cry that often. I started to weep and 
the Lord gave me this, I want to say revelation, and it was, but it was more of a feeling than like a, a word of how he felt about me. I have never been the same since that day. Um, I've never encountered anything like it since. Um, it was this heaviness, this weight, but it was a peaceful weight that I was walking around feeling and I, I just couldn't hold it together. If you were here last week, Pastor Chris talked about feeling the love of the Father. I feel like that was my time. And I just wanna ask you this question today to get your minds rolling. When was the moment you knew you were in love with him? Is there a day, is there a moment that you recall in your walk with the Lord where you said, wow, I'm so in love with you. And if there is not, then this is your opportunity to walk into that. But if it is, I want you to think about that day. Think about how you felt. Think about what it looks like. Mine was that day that I felt his love. Every time someone asks me this question, that's the moment I go back to. Because before that moment, I'd been praying for weeks, Lord, I want to know that I'm in love with you because I don't feel it right now. And so I just challenge you to think about that. Um, when was that moment that you knew? That you knew he was walking beside you, that you knew that he was with you? I just, I feel his heart this morning for sons and daughters coming home. But not, I think sometimes we get so caught up in this like, oh, this means that I was out drinking, doing drugs, whatever, but sometimes coming home just means I haven't felt your love in a long time and I really want to know what that feels like again. I had this encounter with the Lord in March and this is what knocked me out of my little funk leading worship, um, just saying, Lord, show up for them. Uh, I had this encounter, I was in Buffalo and there was a, a missions team from Redding, California from Bethel School of Ministry. And we were doing ministry, street ministry, praying with people, um, things like that. And every night we had a service at a different church in the area. And this one night we were at a church, it was a pretty small church, there was probably only 50 people there. Um, and the team, well, no, there's probably 60 and the team that Bethel brought was 20. So there wasn't a lot of people that weren't them. And so it just turned into this ministry time. And we did a fire tunnel and all the fun things that you do when you're hanging out with Holy Spirit. And I had this vision of myself on a dunk tank. And I was, I was just sitting in my chair and the Lord took me through this and I was sitting on the like seat thing. And I saw the Lord chucking balls at it and he hit it every single time. And every time I fell in, I was hit with this extreme joy. And it caused me to laugh out loud every time that it happened. So I sat in this for like probably 10 minutes. Just He was just throwing it and I'd fall in and I'd laugh and then I'd get back out and get back on. Well, then a little while later, I was still in this vision and I saw my dad pick up a ball and come up to throw it and he missed. And I saw other significant people in my life come and pick up balls and try to throw them and none of them could hit it. And the Lord began to reveal to me the idea that he's the only one who can sustain what I want to carry. 
He was the only one that can create joy in my life. And if I'm relying on other people, if I'm relying on the expectations of my dad, if I'm relying on different things, I'm never going to see a maintaining of what I'm experiencing. And that was the moment that I came back and said, I'm ready. I put my full yes on the table once again and said, I'm ready to walk into this, whatever it looks like. And I proceeded to lay on the floor for an hour. I could not stand up. And the weight of the glory was all over me. I ended up falling onto the floor. People were coming over to me and putting my hands on them, and then they would fall over, but I couldn't really move. So it was kind of a really fun experience um, with the presence. I have not experienced something like that um, before until that moment. And it just brought me back to that mindset that the only way that I can fully be who I'm called to be is to be with him. And so what we're gonna do to finish out the day is I'm gonna have the team come back up and we're gonna go into worship. And as you apply what Kyle said about his three points of what he does during worship, and as you think about intimacy and think about am I actually, do I have the right definition of what intimacy should look like? Or am I believing the wrong thing? Am I actually in love with him? I just feel like this is a moment to draw close. Pretend there's no one else in the room. Father God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your grace for your love, for your passion. As we stand here before you today, would you give us a new glimpse of who you are? Show us what it means to be your friend. Would you show us how you feel about us? May no one leave here today the same. May we walk in closeness with you like we've never encountered before. see your face so clearly. We look for your face and not your hand today. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you enjoyed today's message, I would like to encourage you to like it and share it on all social media platforms or jump on the website, thesummitdover.com or the app and click the giving link and help us continue to share the message of the kingdom across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.